Good evening. So this evening I want us to look a little bit, eh, not a little bit, in whole, eh, at our youth ministry and not to, I guess, focus on the specifics of what we do, but really why we do what we do. This has kind of been some of my study this summer, some of the things I've been reflecting on and thinking of, and a lot of this is birthed. Um, I had a conversation with a couple of youth pastors um, and an event going on, they were looking at a, a space and putting an event on and the first question they uttered was, given the size of the space, what size of smoke machine do we need? Um, and that question got asked, and I went, my goodness, I haven't a clue what you guys are talking about. I haven't a clue why you care about this. And it really led me to this question of why do we do what we do? I don't want to f- reflect so much on the purpose of youth ministry, but I want to focus on how do we get to our purpose. So we'll look at what the purpose is. It won't take me as long to get through that as it sounds. Um, But I just want to dive into that. Why do we do what we do and how do we do it is where I want to go. And it's rooted in Colossians chapter 2 is where I would like to take us. So please, if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, Colossians chapter 2, and we'll open and we'll read from verses 6. We'll only focus on 6 and 7, but we'll read to verse 15 for context. And the paragraph is entitled, Alive in Christ. And it says this, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the fullness of the deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. By putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. Who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he sets aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Let's pray. Our Lord, as we come to open your word, would you still our hearts? Would you open our hearts? Lord, as we focus on our young people this evening, as we focus on the work that we are doing and how we seek to to share your truth in that, Lord, would you speak to each and every one of us as well, we pray. Amen. So as I said, a lot of this has been my focus um, of this summer, and I guess most of this was based from a weekend away uh, in June that I think was hugely helpful for me, for our young people, and for our leaders as well. And I found our purpose in the verse that we focused on in there, Romans 12 too, that's also up on the wall over here. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think that in this, we find the purpose of youth ministry. We want to see young people turn their backs on the world, be transformed, be renewed, and be discerning of what is pleasing and perfect 
to God. That is our purpose. I could preach a whole sermon on that, but we'll leave that to one side. That is our purpose. But the question I want to address is how do we get there? How do we get to a point where we have young people that are turning their backs on the world, that are saying, I don't want what's out there, but are saying, I want to be transformed, I want to be renewed, and I want to know what is right by God. This word rooted kept coming up in conversations with people all the time. It kept coming up as I was reading, and it just kept coming to me. It kept being shown to me. It kept getting spoken to me. And as I was studying over the summer, as I was looking in this book of Colossians, I was met with these verses in chapter 2 that just stuck with me, that hit me. And in there I recognised that there is something so vitally important within this. That we want to help our young people be young people that can turn their backs on the world. And I believe that we can do that by helping equip them to walk in, to be rooted in, and to be built up in Jesus so that they may abound in thanksgiving and tonight I just want to share a bit of my study in these verses and I guess some of the convictions that I find for the year ahead the challenges the encouragements and there as well so the verse the, the phrase the saying that I think stands at the heart of what we're doing this year is HBC Youth exists to equip our young people to walk in him, to be rooted in him, and to be built up in him. We want to see a generation of young people that have received Christ, that have been taught Christ, that that would lead them into a relationship with him, that they walk in him, are rooted in him, and are built up in him. And you know, I love the book of Colossians. It just focuses so much on just the supremacy, on the sufficiency of Christ, that he is more than you need for everything that you need. And that's just all we read as we go through this book. And I think that is a great place to start. I think it's great that, that this verse is, is situated within this book. Because Paul is writing this in such eagerness to shield his readers from falling into the worldly patterns of thinking and of living he doesn't want believers to be deceived by false teachers he doesn't want them to be deceived by the culture round about them in verse 4 of chapter 2 there he says I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments there are many many plausible arguments for things that are not true in our education system there are many, many plausible arguments for things that are not true in our political system. There are many, many things that are plausible but are not true in our society around about us. So how do we help build a generation of young people that are not taken by these plausible arguments but instead stand in Christ? Paul constantly talks of these false teachers he constantly talks of those that are tempting the church away from the supremacy and the sufficiency of Christ. There is always temptation. There is temptation everywhere in the arguments of the world. In the things of this world. The things sometimes within the church. So we have lots of questions. There's five things I want to really quickly look at, the three of them being these words. But first, firstly, in verses 6 and 7, received. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, and in verse 7, just as you were taught, 
point one that stands at the heart of all ministry. Jesus has received gospel truth. Not earned, not purchased, not rightfully given, but given as this free gift of God. And this is where we start, that salvation stands at the heart of everything that we do. That that is what we want to see, that is where we want to be, that truth is shown, that truth is displayed. And we pray that with that, the Lord reaches into the lives of our young people and transforms How can we expect anybody to receive Christ Jesus if we are not preaching the gospel? It saddens me so much. I was looking at a big Christian festival and a bunch of testimonies that came from this festival. Um, Loads of just teenagers, right? And they were all talking of the great things that happened. Not one of them mentioned sin. Not one of them mentioned the cross. But it's all, I had this great experience of God. I had this great feeling of God. I felt his intimacy. I felt his presence. But there was no truth at the center of that. This is the foundation and this is where we stand. Did you know that it is Jesus Christ and him alone that saves? Did you know that we are destined for an eternity without God? But did you know that it is Jesus that offers us the way? And that through his death and through his resurrection, we may be free people. That is the gospel of Jesus. And it is our duty. It is our duty as families, as in a church, to bring up our children and our young people in the ways of the Lord. It is our duty to show them the full counsel of God's goodness and his grace, that they may receive Christ. Verse 7, just as you are taught... Firstly, as we teach, as parents, as families, as youth leaders, whoever we may be, we must be faithful to the word. It's a challenge for all of us to teach in any way. But that we must be faithful to the word. Do you know, in this past week, in our our older Bible study, we were asking the question, how should we read the Bible? And we landed in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. And this has stuck with me so much this week. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so your ways are higher, so, uh, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than yours. We want to have a youth ministry that is grounded in the word. We don't need young people that can repeat great opinions, but we need young people that understand the importance of the word. And we pray that through that we see young people come to live lives that are in submission to God. Why? Because God is bigger and greater than us. And so is his words. When we study, when we look at the Bible, when we read scriptures together, we become established in the faith. And Satan has such a hard time deceiving Bible-taught believers. So I guess my first question for all of us Have you received the gospel of Jesus Christ? The offer of the greatest news that there has ever been is there. That there is freedom from the bondage of sin. And that there is life in Jesus. That there is a God that loves you. That there is a God despite your sin and your shame and everything that we have done wrong. That offers us freedom. Freedom from everything that is wrong and the promise of life in him. 
just to round off this point, seeing our young people embrace Christ is the absolute highlight of my job. We saw earlier in this year a great number of our young people being baptised. We've got a photo of a few. Um, and it's just so exciting. That's what we want to see. That's not anything that we can do, but that is God intervening into the lives of our young people. And it's utterly incredible. It's so exciting to see. So I want to move into our three words. Our first word of walk. What does it mean for us to walk in him? The Christian life is like a pilgrimage. This idea of going from A to B. This journey of trying to go somewhere, trying to find something. As children, we must learn to walk. As children, we must learn slowly how to put one foot in front of another. And of course, we hear the word pilgrimage, we think of the pilgrim's process. Eh, process? The pilgrim's progress. This man called Christian that goes on his journey from his home city, the city of destruction, to the celestial city. And we know that he meets an incredible number of people on his way, that he goes to an incredible number of places along the way. He goes to the village of morality, difficulty held so many places. And he goes with his friend Hopeful, hoping to get to the celestial city. And it's a journey that is filled with trials. It is a journey that is filled with temptation and struggles. And it's a great picture of our lives. That we're all on this journey to eternal life. That we're all navigating our way through this life. To walk in Jesus is to live a life of submission to him. Our saviour calls us to obedience, not so we earn him but as a display of our gratitude for the grace that he has given to us. If we love him, if we love everything that he has done for us, if his love is poured out into our hearts, we will keep his commandments. They won't be a burden to us. We know following Jesus doesn't look like a checklist of all these rules we are to follow. Yes, there are rules. But we obey them because he loves us. In chapter 1 of Colossians, verse 10, Paul says, Walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. In Ephesians, seven times the word walk is used. Do you know, we don't walk in circles. We don't say, I'm going to go to school, so we start walking on the spot, because we're never going to get there. But it gives us this idea of moving towards something. We are called to be people that walk, that walk in Christ, the same way that we received Christ, through and by faith. How do we do this? How do we help our young people to walk with Christ? The word stands central, yes, but the word needs to be applicable. The word has to be opened and the scriptures have to be communicated in a way that can be understood. And that's what I think is foundational here. That to walk with something is to understand something. It's great to have such a rich truth of scripture, but they must be able to be implemented into our lives. And that's our desire as a youth ministry to allow the living word to do its work. To do that in as straightforward a way as we possibly can. The main word in here, the word rooted, obviously points us to a tree. This word is an agricultural word. And interestingly, the word translated means once and for all having been rooted. 
We're not like tumbleweed. We don't just go from one place to the next with no roots, with nowhere to go, with nowhere to call home. Likewise, we're not a people that are blown by every wind of doctrine that passes us by. We're not transplants that are picked up and moved from soil to soil. Because once we are rooted by Christ in faith, there is no need to change soil. The roots to become a tree like this, this tree feeds. It feeds and it feeds and it feeds all the time. It feeds on its source of nutrition and nourishment. And as Christians, all the nourishment that we need is found in Christ. And that is what we must feed on. And the challenge for us is to open that and give that opportunity to our young people to nourish themselves, to feed themselves, to challenge themselves on the source of all life. Every bit of encouragement, every bit of motivation, everything that we need to know about God is found in his word. Roots give us strength and they give us stability. The deeper the roots, the harder it is for a tree to fall. We want to see our young people have faith that stand through even the hardest of trials. We want to see our young people love each other and support each other through the greatest of days and the darkest of days. Matthew Henry writes, if we live in him, we shall be rooted in him. And the more firmly we are rooted in him, the more intimately we shall live in him. We must open the word, we must apply the word, and we must study and focus on the word it is not good enough for us to open the bible for an hour on a sunday morning for an hour on a tuesday it is not enough but for a tree to grow there needs to be constant constant nutrition there needs to be constant feeding and its source of life and it is our desire that our young people would recognize the importance of the word That we would encourage them to open the word together, but also individually. How can we expect to see rooted disciples in Christ if we are not feeding from the source of life? We must be the examples for. How can we hope to see a group of people rooted in the word if we are not rooted in the word? The third word in there built up. This architectural term. And it's in the present tense, this idea of being built up, this continual building. When we trust in Christ to save us, we are put on the foundation. And from then on, we grow and we grow and we grow in grace. We want to be built up in him. We want to see godly men and women built up in him. Not capped saying this is your potential, this is where you can go, but allowing opportunities to serve within the body of Christ so that they may continue to be built. Do you know how glorious would it be if we saw a group of young people that are barely scratching the surfaces of their 20s that have such great spiritual maturity in Christ, that are serving the body in incredible ways? How glorious would that be to see 
Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works in me. Present everyone mature in Christ. That's what we want. We don't want young people that attend programs. We don't want young people to attend programs. They're good. But we want to see more than that. We want to see a group of young people that are mature in Christ, that have taken ownership of their faith. There is a time for spiritual milk. There is a time when we need to focus in the shallow. There is a time we don't learn to swim by bombing into the deep end, but we start in the shallow, but we must not stay there. We must continue to build. We must continue to grow in that. We want to see a group of people that are tearing into the spiritual meat of God. We want to see maturity that is evident in every part of life. A maturity that says, you know what, whatever I'm going to face, whatever's going to stand in front of me, whatever difficulty is going to come my way, I can stand and say, do you know what, my God stands above all else. But with that, we acknowledge that every one of us, every one of our young people is at a different stage of their faith. We have some who crave a deeper relationship with Christ, who are desperate to learn, who are taking everything that they can get. Some struggling for motivation, not sure what to do. And others still exploring, standing at the side of the pool, just dipping their toes in, not sure if they want to get into that pool, not sure where they want to go. There are some that are still to receive Christ. And we believe in faith that they will. But as we continue to be faithful to God, that he will be faithful in return, we pray. But that's what we want to see. Skyscrapers aren't built in a day and neither is our maturity in Christ. So what does all of that lead to? The last part of verse 7, abounding in thanksgiving. This is what we want to see. The word abounding is often used by Paul. It suggests this idea of of a river that is overflowing from its banks. Our first experience of God is drinking from the water of life by faith. He puts within us a well of living water. And it grows deeper and deeper and deeper as we grow deeper and deeper into him. Are you making progress in your faith? Sadly, the reality for many of us is that our lives are but a little trickle of water in a stream. Rather than a mighty river that is bursting its banks. We challenge our young people a lot, so I thought I would give you the same. How thankful are you for all that Christ has done for you? As we gather tonight around this communion table, as our hearts break for the sins that we put on Christ and the cross, are we met with overwhelming thankfulness for all that he has done for us? John MacArthur says, a grateful heart for all God has given us in Christ will further strengthen our grip on truth. If we are walking in him, if we are firmly rooted in him, if we are being built up in him, established in the faith, 
we will overflow with gratitude for God. A grateful heart for all that God has given us in Christ will strengthen our grip on truth. Do you abound in thanksgiving? And our challenge with this is providing opportunities for our young people to display that thanksgiving through many different things, but through their service in the church. I'm greatly encouraged by the size of our youth. Um, Messy church team, I think there's a picture on the next slide. We have a great number of young people that just come into this church and, and serve families with some within the church, but more out with this church that are keen just to come and to serve. We have young people that serve throughout this church, whether it be our PowerPoint, our live stream, leading us in worship, gardening for the elderly, whatever it may be. We want to continue to encourage that. We want to continue to see our young people serve with thankful hearts. Do you know, a moment that massively struck me was just when we went and gardened, our young people's understanding of why we do what we do. Why we were there to do what we were to do. We were there to serve. We were there to help. There was such a great understanding of that that it blew me away. Many of our young people have received Christ. And that is an incredible blessing. We can't ever lose sight of that. It is massively encouraging. And it is really, really exciting. But some have not. And we pray that in this year ahead, as we continue to establish and build relationships, as we continue to open the truth together, that we would see more come into relationship with him. For those who have received the Lord... In this year ahead, we want to see them walking closer with the Lord. We want to see them displaying submission to Christ in their lives. I was blown away at our baptismal services of our young people's understanding of the gospel. Of our young people's understanding of why they were doing what they were doing. Because it was all given to them in Christ. We want to be a people that are rooted We want our young people to be rooted and we must display that first. Challenges come in life, we know that. We know sometimes they're sudden, sometimes they're massive and can devastate us to the core. Sometimes they can be smaller and more persistent ways. But my prayer, not just for our young people, but for our church, is that when those hardest of times hit, when those temptations come, that we would be walking with God, that we would be so rooted in him and so built up in him that we can stand and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. That is what we want to see. We want to see unshakable faith. That is the purpose. That is why we do what we do so that we may see young believers unshakable in their faith. Relationship is really important. I'm not going to touch on it because I'll be another half an hour. But relationship is massively important to what we do. When we walk, we walk together. Trees in a forest grow together. Cities are buildings being built up together. And that should be our prayer for the year ahead. That our young people would grow under biblical teaching from from leaders, but also from each other, that they would grow in the relationships together. It's so great seeing young people learn from each other. So what do we do 
How do we achieve our purpose of seeing young people that, that turn their backs on this world and that say, I want Jesus and only Jesus? We open the word. We let the word speak. We make the word central to everything that we do. We meet each young person where they are. And we want to see a generation that are grateful for the work of Christ. That lead them to live transformed lives. I see these as definitive statements because they are the marker for what we want to achieve. Not because we're there. Not because we're great at any of those things. But this is what we want to do. This must be the constant challenge to continue to do these things. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that it is you and it is you alone that saves. That it is you and you alone that transforms. Lord, would we be a church that is faithful to the teaching of our young people? Would we be faithful to their discipleship? Would we walk with them in the good and the bad? Would we encourage them always? Lord, we thank you for each and every one of the young people and the children that we have in this church. We ask that your hand of protection would be upon them as we recognise the temptations and the difficulties and the struggles within this world. But we also recognise that you are greater than this earth. We recognise that you are sufficient for everything that we need. That you stand as king supreme above all else. Lord, that is our desire. That we would see our young people walking faithfully to you. And Lord, challenge each and every one of us. Would we walk faithfully with you? Would we never become complacent? Would we never walk in circles or walk on the spot? But would we always be progressing, becoming more rooted and becoming more built up? in the faith. In your name we pray. Amen.